The Lord has indeed laid upon my heart a particular word for our service this morning. And uh, if you would like to read the scriptures that we're going to be sharing from today, we're going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 12, beginning with the 15th verse. So Luke, chapter 12, beginning with verse 15. This is Jesus speaking. And he said unto them, Luke 12, 15, he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought, the rich man, thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow my, hello? Do you catch a theme happening here? I will bestow my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, soul, I, I, I mean, even he's even saying my soul, it's my soul. I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat Drink and be merry. Not you have many goods laid up. Why don't you share some of it? No. I will say to myself, you got plenty of stuff laid up for many years. Take it easy, son. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, you fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And then Jesus said, So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God or is not giving toward God. I'm going to stop reading right there. I ask that you would just bow your heads and let us pray and let's ask the Lord for his anointing and ministering the word, all right? Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning that we indeed have the opportunity to be here in the house of God. 
We are grateful this morning that we are able to gather here in your name and for the promise that when we gather in your name, you are in our midst. And Father, we have enjoyed singing our praises unto you and worshiping you in our our singing and lifting our voices to adore and, and bring adoration to you. But we come now, Lord, to the reading of your word and to the expounding of your word. And I readily admit of my own ability, I am insufficient. I am inadequate. And I ask you to touch me with your anointing. Bless me to be a blessing. Please put your words in my mind and your words in my mouth. Let the words that I speak under your direction come forth with anointing and with clarity and with simplicity where each one may grasp what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let the words I pray fall upon ears that are anointed of God and touched of God to hear and to receive and let your word be planted deep within our spirit and deep within our heart. And Father, above all things, I pray that Christ is glorified here in our midst and that these that will hear this message will be edified, whether they hear it in this auditorium or hear it on the internet. Let Christ be exalted and let your people be touched and stirred and blessed and brought closer into relationship with you. And for all of these things, Lord, we will forever be grateful and we will forever thank you for them. And we ask them now in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. And if you are in agreement with that prayer, then say amen with me. Amen, amen Lord. So this past week... As I begin to pray and begin to prepare to bring the word to you this morning, the Spirit of the Lord just kept bringing me back to the necessity of having a grateful heart. The need for us to have a heart filled with thanksgiving. To have a heart that is filled with gratitude toward the Lord. I could start this morning by just simply asking you, has the Lord been good to you? Amen. Amen. He's been good to us. Can you say amen? God is good to us. We, we get so many blessings. The Bible said that he opens his hand and he satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Bible said that he daily loads us with benefits. Daily. I mean daily. God backs a truckload of benefits up and just dumps it on my front yard. He daily loads me with benefits. He daily loads you with benefits. And oftentimes we get so caught up in what we do not have that we fail to recognize what we do have. And this week, of course, uh, is 
Thanksgiving week and we will have the opportunity together with friends and family and, and, uh, and enjoy one another's company and enjoy feasts and all of that kind of thing. But you know what? My wife made mention of it a moment ago. For us, Thanksgiving should be every day. Now, it's wonderful to set aside a special time to focus our attention upon the blessings of the Lord, amen, that God has bestowed upon us. But for the believer and for you and I, uh, thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude should be something that we have every day. So, Pastor Gary, if you want to focus this morning on Thanksgiving, why in the world would you title your sermon or your message, Beware of Covetousness? If you want to focus in on a heart of gratitude and giving and thank thankfulness unto the Lord, then why would you call your message, Beware of Covetousness? And what does covetousness have to do with giving thanks? And before we are finished this morning, I hope to answer some of those questions and, and hopefully make a connection between the two for all of us. Daniel Webster defines the term covetousness at its very core as an inordinate desire for wealth or for possession. A passion for something that someone else has. A passion for the possessions of another person. A craving or, or a, a, a heartfelt desire for someone else's possessions. It boils down to having a desire, amen, that is so strong within us, a desire to have more than what we have. Literally, the, the, the word covetousness is grounded in greed. Never enough. Never enough. Never finding contentment, but always wanting more and more. Never being satisfied. Never finding in contentment in what we have. How many of you know that the Bible said that godliness with contentment is great gain? Yeah. Amen. Having a relationship with God. And being content in that relationship and the blessings that God puts into your life. The scripture said is great gain. But for the heart of covetous or the individual that has a heart of coveting, amen, enough is never enough. And rather than focusing upon what God has given and what God has blessed, the coveting heart is always focusing on what we don't have or someone else's possessions over and over Jesus warns his disciples to beware of covetousness. Throughout the word of God, we are warned not to be caught up in covetousness. 
And the reason why, beloved, I submit to you this morning that God does not want us to be caught up with a coveting spirit or a coveting heart, amen, is because a heart that is filled with covetousness cannot and will not ever be a heart that is filled with thanksgiving. The two cannot coexist. We are either one or the other. Just as oil and water cannot mix, just as fear and faith are polar opposites, covetousness and thankfulness cannot abide in the same heart. Covetousness and thankfulness cannot abide in the same inner being. Someone who is coveting more and more is a person that is spending more time thinking about what they do not have instead of thanking God for what they do have. And the problem with covetousness is that it gets in the way of a thankful heart. Over and over, we see examples of it in the word of God. If we have manna, we want quail. Hello? Somebody said, I don't know what that means. Do you remember when the children of Israel came up out of Egypt? And God, they were hungry. And God rained bread out of heaven every single day. I did the math on it one time. It would have been 15 tons of bread that God rained down out of heaven every day to satisfy their hunger. And they were grateful for it for a little while. And then they got to where when the manna rained down, they're like, man... I am so sick of this manna from heaven. I wish I had some meat I could sink my teeth into. Hello? How many of you remember that story? How many of you remember God gave them quail? (laughs) Didn't turn out quite like they figured, but God gave them some quail. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying we're never satisfied. If we have cereal, we want bacon and eggs. If we have $500, we wish it was $1,000. If we have $1,000, we grumble because it's not $5,000. If we're driving a car that is dependable, amen, we ought to be thankful for it. And instead, we wish we had a new car. Always wanting more. Always wanting more. We're gainfully employed. Thank God for the job. No, I wish I had a different job. Hello? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? It is so easy for us to fall into that category. And instead of being grateful, instead of being thankful for what we have, we are always desiring more and more. A covetous spirit is an ungrateful spirit. And here in our text, Jesus tells that the success of a man's life is not measured by what he possesses. Now, I'm grateful for that. 
He tells us that God does not measure the success of a man by the possessions that he has accumulated. In other words, God does not measure your success or my success by our bank account. Amen. Jesus said a man's life consists not of the abundance of the things uh, that he has accumulated. In other words, that's not real wealth. That's not true success. The world calls it success. Oh, look at that guy. He's living in a big house, driving a great car. Amen, wearing bling bling and doing all kinds. No, no, God doesn't call that success. God does not call that success. Men do. Because that's what men are striving to attain to. But that's not what the word of God teaches. Jesus said a man's life consists not of the abundance of the things uh, that he possesses. Uh, A man's life does not consist uh, in abundance of the things uh, that he has accumulated. And he warned his disciples, beware of covetousness. And I came to tell you this morning that we need to beware of covetousness. And a covetous heart is born out of an ungrateful heart. And a coveting heart is birthed from a heart that is unthankful for what God has blessed them with. And a heart that is unable to count their current blessings. And I came to tell you this morning that a coveting heart will always lead to heartache. Listen to me. A coveting heart will always lead to heartbreak. It will always lead to sorrow. Why? Because God wants us to have a heart of thanksgiving toward him. Covetousness, we know. It's one of the Ten Commandments. You don't necessarily need to turn there this morning, but Exodus chapter 20, verse number 17, this is what God said to the children of Israel. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his menservant, nor his maidservant, or his ox, or his ass, neither anything that that belongs to thy neighbor. Don't be looking around and, and measuring your success by the possessions of someone else. Why? Because you will forget to thank God for what you have. You'll forget to thank God for the things he's blessed you with. Not only are we warned in the Old Testament or in the Old Covenant, but we are warned in the New Covenant or the New Testament as well. I will ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9 through verse number 10. Paul warns in the New Covenant that a covetous heart will not inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9 and verse number 10. And this is what the scripture says. Know ye not 
that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. A covetous person will miss out on the kingdom of God because, amen, in God's sight, it is sin. In God's sight, having a coveting heart and an unthankful heart is sinful. Let me just tell you this morning, beloved, amen, you do not have anything that God did not give you. You say, preacher, I'm not so sure about that. I got up all on my own and went to work and I earned the money myself. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God gave you the strength and the breath to get up and do it. You don't have anything that wasn't given to you. I don't possess anything that wasn't a gift from the hand of God. And brother, the minute we begin, amen, to start coveting something else, amen, it just shows our ungrateful spirit. Paul warns us, and you can turn here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Paul warns us that in the last days, men will be covetous in their spirit. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, Know, or this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those uh, that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And he said... From such turn away. From those kind of individuals, turn away. Amen. And I want you to notice that covetous individuals are listed along with the proud and the blasphemer and the unthankful and the unholy and the truce breakers and the fierce and the despisers of those that are good. You may be thinking to yourself, Pastor Gary, I'm doing things the best I can and I'm trying to keep a, a right spirit. But let me just tell you this morning, if you have a coveting heart in your spirit and a coveting heart in your life, you are labeled and you are named among those who are despised of those that are good. He lists you in the same lists. And if we allow covetousness to rule in our spirit, amen, we will have an ungrateful and an unthankful heart. Let me, let me get to my text this morning. Turn back to Luke 12. 
verse 16. The rich individual in our text, the man who obviously has abundance, Luke 12, verse 16. Jesus spake a parable unto his disciples and said the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And the rich man thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow all of my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will bestow my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, you are a fool. Tonight your soul will be required of thee. Did you notice how many times, amen, that the words I and my are used? Jesus gives this little parable and he breaks it down in just a few sentences, three short verses, and he describes the thoughts of the rich man. And I want to point out to you this morning that six different times he said, I. Five different times he said, my. Can you say that's self-centered? I mean, he, he just three little verses and six times it's I and my. Amen. I, I want to point out to you the fact uh, that a covetous heart uh, is a self-centered heart. Jesus gets right to the heart of the matter and he points out the man's covetous attitude. Amen. Note the parable this morning. The man was blessed materially, tremendously blessed. Uh, but did you ever hear him in those verses say thank you to God? Not once. The man called the fruits of the ground and the possessions that he had my fruit and my goods, not, not what God has blessed me with. It's mine. The man called his own soul, my soul. There is no indication in our text that he had ever given his heart to God. He became puffed up with pride and amen and that which he had done, that which he had accomplished and that which he had gathered and that which he had built uh, and he began to think of nothing but bigger and bitter and better and better and I and I and my and my. Bottom line, never enough. Never enough. If he had so much that he had to pull down his barns and build bigger barns, why couldn't he have shared some of the wealth? Hello? Why couldn't he have shared some of his good fortune? Why couldn't he have shared what God had blessed him with? No, because he was selfish and self-centered and filled with a covetousness and a coveting spirit. And enough was never enough. 
Let me share with you Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse number 10. And this is what the word of God says. He that loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance, he will not be satisfied with increase. He says, when goods are increased, when you receive more and more, when goods are increased, they are increased that eat them. What does that mean? That's old King James. For the more you have, the more that folks will come with a calling card to take away what you have. How many of you here this morning ever lived in one or on one level of income and suddenly you were increased and you thought, yay, I'm going to be able to put some in the bank. Did it work out like that? No, because as soon as the goods increase, those things that devour the goods increase as well. That's just how it happens. He says, uh, those that love abundance and increase, the goods when they increase, they that eat them or they that devour them are increased as well. And what good is there to the owner thereof? Saving the beholding of them with their eyes. In other words, it comes in one hand and goes out the other. And all I did was get to see it when it went by. Hello? Am I preaching the truth? I'm telling you, that's the truth. He says, when goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owner thereof, save the beholding of them with their eyes? What really matters? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he has little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not allow him to sleep. In other words, someone that's always longing for more and more and more will never find satisfaction. Will never find contentment. The danger of a coveting spirit the danger of a covenant heart is that you can never have enough. The more you have, the more you want. And the Lord spoke to me yesterday afternoon as I was studying and preparing for the service. And the Lord gave me a couple of biblical examples of individuals who allowed covetousness to take root in their spirit. And it brought devastation to their life. So I want to give you a few examples this morning. You will find the story in 2 Kings chapter 5. And the story, I'm just going to give you an overview of this story because I want to share with you some other examples. But the story in 2 Kings chapter 5 is about the servant Gehazi. Gehazi was the servant to the prophet of God, Elisha. 
And you can read the story there in 2 Kings chapter 5. There was a Syrian king by the name of Naaman that had leprosy. He heard that there was a man of God over in Israel that could heal him of his leprosy. Naaman was a captain of the army, had wealth and had possessions. And so he gathered some of his wealth and his possessions. And he heads to Israel to see the man of God that had a connection with God that could heal him of his leprosy. And you know the story when he gets there, he's expecting the man of God to come out and do some kind of wave over him and give him some kind of honor. And Elisha said, go dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll come out clean. He's like, he went away angry. He's like, what do you mean go dip in the Jordan? That muddy piece of water, isn't there better water, isn't there clearer water to go swimming in? His servant said to him, said, listen, master, if, if the man of God would have asked you to do some great thing, would you have done it? He said, yeah. He said, well, then just do the simple thing. Be obedient. You know the story. Naaman dips seven times in the Jordan River, and he came out clean. He was healed of his leprosy. And he comes to the man of God with silver and gold and changes of raiment and possessions. And he says, here, I want to bless you. I want to give you all of this wealth. And the man of God said, you keep it. I don't want it. It's, not, it's no time to be receiving wealth and, and blessing from you. I didn't do this. God did it. So Naaman... He packs up his silver and his possessions and his garments and he leaves and heads back to Syria. And Gehazi said in his heart, why? Because he had a coveting spirit. It wasn't enough that he was the... He was the servant of the man of God and literally he was being groomed to be the next prophet. Let me give you a little historical thing. Amen. Elijah was the man of God and Elisha poured hands or water on the hands of Elijah. In other words, Elisha mentored under Elijah. And Gehazi is now the servant of the Lord or servant to the man of God. And he's literally being groomed to be the next prophet of God. He's literally being groomed to step in when Elisha leaves the scene to step in and become the prophet to the very nation of Israel. You would think that that would be enough. But not so. Because when Gehazi got to thinking in his heart and the, the Syrian captain Naaman had left, Gehazi chased after him and said, my, my uh, prophet had a couple of the men of God come from afar. And he said, he'll take some of those garments and some of that silver and some of that wealth and give it to them. And if you'll just give it to me, I'll carry it back to him. So Naaman got out the silver and gave him changes of garment and gave him wealth. And, and Gehazi comes back and put it away. 
and thought, nobody knows about it. Nobody knows anything about what I just did. And he walks into the presence of the man of God. And Elisha said, Gehazi, King James, where comest thou from? Gehazi, where you been? He said, I didn't go nowhere. Elisha said, really? Didn't my heart follow after you when you went to see Naaman? Together the wealth that I told him we didn't need. And this is what he said to Gehazi. Went not my heart after thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive uh, vineyards and olive uh, vines uh, and oxen and sheep uh, and men servants and maid servants? Uh, and, and he said to Gehazi, the leprosy of Naaman will cling to you and your seed after you. Why? Gehazi's love and desire for material wealth perverted his thinking and caused him to lie and bring about judgment. Amen. Gehazi was being groomed to stand in the office of the prophet. Amen. And yet his heart, because it was not thankful enough, amen, for what he had already been blessed with, and he had a desire to follow after something else. I said a grateful heart matters. A grateful heart matters. The second uh, example that the Lord laid upon my heart was none other than King David. You remember, and you can read it in 2 Samuel chapter 11. The Bible says that David was walking on his rooftop one evening. He is king of Israel. He is the most powerful man in the nation. He could have had anything that he desired except another man's wife. And yet, what did he want? It was not enough. It was not enough that he was king. It was not enough that he could have called for any damsel in the nation. It was not enough that he could have had any woman in the nation to be his wife. It was not enough for him that he was wealthy and powerful and influential. Amen. And he had everything. Wasn't enough. He wanted what he couldn't have. He wanted what he wasn't supposed to have. Why? Because he coveted in his heart. He looks from his housetop and he sees Bathsheba bathing herself. In my mind, he turns to someone and says, who is that? That's Uriah the Hittite's wife. I'll have her come over for coffee. Hello? And he took what he was not supposed to have. Why? Because enough was never enough. He had a coveting heart. He could have, amen, viewed that woman from the rooftop and said, thank God I've got enough wives over there. Amen. Thank God that I've been given all of it. Thank God that I've been blessed. Thank God that I've been privileged. Thank God that he's blessed me with so many blessings. 
I don't have to go to bed lonely. But no, I want what I can't have. I, I, I realized this morning I'm preaching where the rubber meets the road, but I'm going to tell you something. Amen. We need to have a grateful heart and not a coveting heart. Beware of covetousness and the two cannot exist in the same person. We will either operate in covetousness or we will operate in a grateful heart with a grateful spirit toward God for what he's given us. The rich young ruler in Matthew chapter 19 was the third example. There was a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. You'll find it in Matthew chapter 19. The rich young ruler says to the Lord, Good master, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said to him, You know the commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your soul, with all of your heart, and with all of your mind. You know the commandments, love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to Jesus these words, All of these things have I kept from my youth. What you just told me to do, I've done them. And Jesus said to him, you lack one thing. You lack one thing. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the young rich individual who had kept the things of God from his youth up said, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I got to draw the line somewhere. I can't do that. And he went away sorrowful. Because he wasn't willing to give up the possessions. Now listen, I'm going to tell you something and I want you to hear Pastor Gary really good. God does not care whether you have possessions or whether you are blessed with things. God wants you to be blessed and God wants you to have things. But God does not want things to have you. And this young man, he had been blessed with many blessings. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, he didn't have the possessions. They had him. He wasn't, he couldn't let them go. He couldn't turn loose of them. Why? All because he had a coveting heart and a coveting spirit. And the spirit of the Lord just spoke to me this last week and said, this week of Thanksgiving we are going to focus on giving thanks unto the Lord. But every day, not just one day, we should every day have a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving toward the Lord because if we do not, amen, we need to beware because covetousness, it creeps into our spirit and creeps into our heart and we never have enough. And we're always trying to, as the old saying goes, keep up with the Joneses. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. In the end, in the end, if the Lord tarries and we check out of this life by way of death, 
We are not taking any of it with us. We, we have just laid up goods for someone else to enjoy. Hello? That's the bottom line. We have just laid up treasure for someone else to utilize. And the danger in that, ladies and gentlemen, is if we make it our focus and we make it our, our, our life's work or our life's desire for more and more and more, we will never be satisfied and we will never take it with us when we go. But godliness with contentment is great gain. I know how both to abound and abase. What does that mean? I know how to celebrate when I got it, and I know how to tighten up the belt when I don't got it. That's a little folksy, but that's where I'm coming from. I know, I know how to celebrate when I have, and I know how to tighten my belt when I don't have. I've been both places. And it doesn't matter what I have because I have him in my spirit, in my heart. So now let me close. I'm going to close with three things that will help us to have a grateful heart. Number one, focus on what you have instead of focusing upon what you do not have. If you woke up this morning and you had breath in your lungs and strength in your body to get up out of bed, amen, you are a lot farther ahead than some folks. If you had breakfast this morning, you are a lot farther ahead than some folks. If you have a little jingle in your pocket this morning, you are a lot farther than many people in this world. If you had a car to climb into and crank up and drive to church, you are much farther ahead than a whole lot of people in this world. Amen. Quit focusing on what we don't have and start thanking God for what we do have. We are so blessed in this nation. Focus on what you have. Instead of what you do not have, when you start focusing upon what you think you need and what you do not have and what somebody else has, it will just create jealousy in your spirit and anxiety in your spirit and depression in your spirit. Amen. No, no, no. Wake up in the morning and start praising God for his goodness. Start thanking God for his blessings and start magnifying the Lord for all the things that he's given unto you. Number two, focus what's right in your world and not what's wrong in your world. Hello? Number two, start focusing on what's right in your world and stop focusing on what's wrong in your world. How do we do that? It's a matter of choice. Paul said, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things. In other words, stop focusing on what's going wrong and 
Start thanking God for everything that's going right. Hello? It'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. I'm here to tell you sometimes if we, you know, get to allowing our mind to run away with itself, uh, the enemy and our mind will begin to focus on everything that's going wrong and everything that seems to be falling apart. Uh, amen. Instead of thanking God and thinking on the things uh, that are going right in your life, thank God. Uh, amen. This morning for the things that are going right uh, instead of uh, the things that are going wrong in your life. We all have trouble. Can you say amen? amen? That's life. But the good news is, I have a God, you have a God, that can help us in our time of trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. So number one, start focusing on what you have instead of what you don't have. Number two, focus on what's right in your world instead of what's wrong. And number three, focus on where you're going and not where you've been. Hello? I'm talking about a couple of things that will cause you to have a thankful heart. Start focusing on where you're going instead of where you've been. I'm going to tell you something this morning. I've been in some places that I wouldn't be happy to tell you about. I've done some things that I'm not very proud of. But thank God they're under the blood. And I'm headed to heaven this morning because of the grace and the mercy of God. Amen, amen, amen. Start focusing on where you're going and not where you've been. Well, you don't know the, st the storm that I've come through. Good news is you came through it. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'm not through it yet, Pastor Gary. Well, hang on. Just hang on to the hand of God. Hang on to the promises of God. He's not going to leave you out there in the middle of the storm to go under. He'll bring you out. When you get on the other side, you'll have a testimony of his grace and his power. Amen, amen, amen. Beware of covetousness. Beware of a covetous spirit that gets in your heart and says, enough is never enough. I want more, I want more, I want more, I want more. And all the while God is saying, look at the things that I've blessed your life with. How many of you, I'm going to close, how many of you have ever made a sacrifice to give Someone, something that you intended to be a blessing. And they were so grateful and they were so thankful. You were just so blessed to be able to give it because of their grateful heart. Now, how many of you have ever made that same sacrifice to bless somebody and they acted like it was no big deal? I read a story of a man who handed a little boy an orange. His mother said, what do you say? The little boy handed it back to him and said, peel it. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Are we not like that sometime? God does something extraordinary to bless our life. And we're like, thanks. No big deal. No. No, I want him to know how much I love him.
how grateful that I am and how thankful that I am. I may not have some of the blessings or wealth that other folks have, but I'll tell you what I do have. I have a meal barrel that never runs dry. I have an oil cruise that'll never run out. I have a God that said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I have a promise of a home in glory because my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. I may not have what some folks have, but oh, I'm the wealthiest man on planet earth because I have God in my life. Mm. Amen. Bow your heads. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and hush up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Beware of covetousness. When you gather this Thanksgiving with your family or any other day, that you are privileged to open your eyes. Be thankful. Be grateful. Recognize where your blessings come from. Recognize where your blessings come from. My home, my wife, my children, my washer and dryer, my refrigerator that keeps my food cold. Everything that I have, everything that I have received, I've received from God. Everything that I have. If you if you come at it from a covetous spirit and a covetous heart, you'll never be satisfied. You'll never find satisfaction. It doesn't come through things. It comes through Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the mighty and glorious name of your son. My God, I have endeavored to deliver what you placed upon my heart. And this morning, Lord, I pray that you would cause us to Recognize our need for a grateful heart, a heart that is filled with thanksgiving, a heart that is filled with praise for your mighty blessings in our life. If we have begun to become so caught up in what we don't have and what others have and what we desire and what we want and what we want to attain and Father help us to understand that a man's life a man's success is not measured by possessions by accumulating things but help us to understand that a heart that is in fellowship with God even though we may have little material wealth in this world, a heart that is in harmony with God and in relationship, that heart is so much more satisfied. That things cannot give us that peace and that joy. Help us not to have a coveting heart, a coveting spirit. 
It's not all about I, 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 and my, my, my. It's about understanding what you have given to us and blessed us with. Speak to our hearts through the message, I pray in Jesus' name. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, please, for just a few more moments. Are you here this morning and you would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Pastor Gary, you preached it to me. You preached it to me. I see hands there and 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 there. Thank you. Any more hands? Pastor Gary, thank you for bringing it to my attention. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. God sees your hand. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you as they begin to play. Father, in Jesus' name, every hand that's been lifted, thank you for allowing us to see the truth, understand the truth, and that the truth, knowing the truth, that it will set us free. It will free us from that coveting heart. Knowing the truth, it will free us from that covetous spirit. Thank you this morning, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Every single hand that's been lifted this morning, I pray, God, that you would just bring a restoration into their heart. Bring a restoration into their life. I ask, Lord, as we dismiss from this congregation and we all go our separate ways, that we would go rejoicing in the Lord and that we would go rejoicing in your truth. And I pray, Father, that we will be gathered with friends and family this Thanksgiving to focus and acknowledge and give great thanks unto you for your many, many blessings that you daily load us with. Go with us now, I pray, Father. Help us to be a witness and a light this week to someone who doesn't know you. Help us to encourage someone to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Bless our lives with your favor, with your grace, and with your presence. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone in agreement said amen. Go ahead and say amen.